Hello and welcome to the Kosh. I'm your host, Timber Smith, and the Kosh is a podcast that spotlights people who've had an association with the Kosh or the surrounding Fox Cities area. Kosh listeners, good morning, good morning, good morning. How are we doing? All right. Instead of giving today's update, I'm going to give the week update. Why do we have this amazing week? Wisconsin definitely was teasing us with summer. It felt fabulous. Oh, I like I'm still joyous over how nice this uh, this week was. And it just made me make all sorts of like plans in my mind about what am I going to do this summer? And what I've said to myself is this will be the summer of fishing. I'm going to fish. I'm going to fish like crazy. I'm going to fish every time that I get a chance. And if you didn't know, I actually have a fishing personality. And the fishing personality, his name is Moonshine Slim. Moonshine Slim enjoys catfishing. And he will be spending lots of time on the Fox River this summer. Catfishing. So if you ever want to go fit catfishing with Moonshine Slim, just give a holler at the Kosh because it's going to be a fabulous summer and I'm going to catch some big dogs. That's what's going to happen. So, you know what I'm going to say? You know what I'm going to say? I do not know why I get all of these amazing, amazing guests. And once again, I am super excited about this week's guest. Um, it's going to be fun. This is going to be a great episode. There's great energy in the space. Um, I think there's going to be some really cool things to talk about. Um, as somebody who's highly connected in the community, it's just going to be fun. It's going to be a good time. So without further ado, this week's guest is Katie Olson. Hey, Katie. Hey, Timber. What's, what's going on? Uh, well, as you introduced me, I forgot that I was going to try to throw you for a loop and put my maiden name on there and yeah. see if you, because <laughs> <laughs> Olsen is very easy, but, but I was going to, uh, yeah, my last name, my maiden name was R-O-E-P-C-K-E. How would you have? Orpec. <laughs> Repke. Repke. Oh, I missed the R at the beginning. Okay, I went straight to the O. Okay, Repke. Yeah. No, I would have slaughtered it. Yeah. It'd have been, it would have been slaughtered. Yeah, got a lot of rope when I was a kid. But uh, <laughs> yeah, so I, I um, sorry to totally put you on the spot, but my plan was to a little bit and I forgot. So then had to roll with it and still let you know that <laughs> see and i was i'm i'm gonna say i'm kind of glad because i was ready this was one uh, you know katie got one of those names that i was ready <laughs> i didn't i didn't have to put too much effort into yeah. it and i was just like okay katie olson <laughs> yeah. i can handle that That's pretty straightforward <laughs> straight forward it's like being a smith <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> not as fun as timber but yeah the same quality of oh <laughs> facts facts well you know there's always the opportunity to gain a nice additional name yes right yes it definitely made my life easier to go from always having to spell it now it's just olsen with an o because you know there's commonly s-e-n but just olsen with an o boom there boom. it is <laughs> you're right and you just is that how you have to do it when you tell people yeah you're like olsen with an o yeah, and they're like, just like i got you Yep, like have to set up an appointment also with an O. Okay. <laughs> I always like when people are like, what's your name? And then Timber Smith. How do you spell that? Timber and Smith. 
<laughs> I do not do it. Especially Smith. Like when people are like, can you spell that for me? Smith. And then they just look and they're like, oh, okay, you're right. Yeah. I'm not really going to make you spell that. <laughs> it's just, there's just this look on their face. I mean, I guess I could, but it, I don't know. Yeah. Seems a little unnecessary. Just, I'm just saying, you know. All right. So. Katie, can you please tell us a little something about yourself and your connection to the Kosh or the surrounding Fox Cities area? Yes. Well, I have been in the Fox Cities area my whole life. Growing up as a Repke, I was, uh, I lived in Hilbert, uh, which is just outside of Appleton is what we considered it. I guess more like outside of Kimberly area. Um, but yeah, just a small place kind of actually in between Hilbert and Sherwood so I did like my elementary school at Sherwood and then high school at Hilbert and then I went to college at Ripping College Um, and so you know uh, Hilbert being tiny anytime we did anything we went to Appleton and Ripping being tiny anytime we did anything we came to Oshkosh so always been in the area and was that um and now i am the lead organizer for esther which uh has a a lot of task forces that meet in appleton fox valley area and we have one dedicated to oshkosh siblings i have three siblings um who all live in the greater valley area like appleton brilliant chilton um i'm the youngest by Almost a decade. Um, oh, so, okay. Yeah. I can relate to that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I have a sister who's 15 years older than me, a brother who is 10 years older than me, and a sister who's nine years older than me. And then, and then, have, there's, and then there's you. Yep, and then I have nieces who are closer in age than, um, like, my oldest niece is only eight years younger than me. So I just kind of had this weird combination of being the youngest, kind of, feeling like an only child and feeling like an older sibling with the next generation coming up. <laughs> oh, that's kind of cool. Yeah. All right. Um, I was going to say there's a, you've got more family married. Uh, yes. I have a husband and we have two kids, um, both boys, nine and seven. Oh, that's the thick of it. Yes. <laughs> but that would be, I don't know. In my dream, you know, I boys just make me want to buy boy toys. <laughs> Not that they're just for boys, but uh, I've I've got this thing of uh, Hot Wheel tracks and uh, train sets. That's yes. kind of kind of what I wanted to always uh, do. Yeah, and um, I, I mentioned that I'm the organizer for Esther, but for 13 and a half years before that, I did in-home daycare from my house in Appleton, and so our house has been just filled with all, non, all types of, you know, both and non-gendered toys, um, but now that I am no longer doing that, the daycare's been closed for almost a year now. And we're finally getting through, or to, I should say, the process of de-daycaring the house. And (laughs) so, like, things like the Hot Wheel tracks used to be up in my boy's bedroom. Now they're in the main playroom, and it's just, it's always been, like, kid central, but now it's, like, just boy central. Just boy central. (laughs) 
that's that's pretty fair. I, I dig that. I dig that. All right. You ready to jump into the first segment? Oh, yeah. All right. First segment is what in the world is going on with? This is your opportunity to start with the phrase, what in the world, and then tell us what's on your mind. Well, Timber, I got two things that I need to talk about. Oh. One, uh, <laughs> one I've been thinking about for quite a while, but one just hit me as I was walking out the door today. Um, my husband and I decided that after I get back today, we're going to take the boys to go see the Mario movie because... We've not taken them to see a movie in theater yet, and they've been wanting to do this. We were going to do it over spring break, but the boys caught strep throat, as is life of kids. Um, But we're going to do that today. So after I went to bed last night, my husband went and got us tickets and ordered our snacks, and it's going to be 85 bucks to take our family to the movie. And (laughs) What? Yes, $85. Five dollars so that we each can have some popcorn and soda and see Mario. <laughs> and yeah, so I just say, what in the world is going on with these damn movie prices? Hey, my feelings are hurt. Yeah, my feelings. My feelings are a little bit hurt on that. Um, Eighty-five dollars. Yeah, but I'm I'm not gonna lie. I I only go to the movie theater on Tuesdays. Oh, that's smart. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, that's the five dollar day. I can do that, and I'm willing to, you know, because if I can come in, and as long as I'm under 30, so, you know, get the $5 movie for two and a really big popcorn and throw a soda in there, and usually they have, like, the $2 hot dogs that day. Oh, nice. So you can you can cram in a lot, but, wow, that's a lot for Mario. Yeah. Yeah, it better be good. <laughs> well, but we I, are springing for the 3D uh, immersion experience and... You know, we're all have two large popcorns, four sodas, but still, I mean, the tickets alone, I think he said were like 38 bucks. The rest is just the food, which. Mm. You know what, though? Kiddos are worth it. Yes. And and I actually heard the Mario movie was really good. Yeah, I heard that, too. So I am excited about it. I know they're excited. Like, yeah, yeah, since before it came out, they're like, when can we go? And like I said, we were going to go over spring break, but. Strap throat visited us, so <laughs> here we go. You know what, though? That does sound like an amazing family field trip. Yeah. And I, I, you know, and I kind of get why theaters have to do what they have to do, but whoo. Yeah. That's a, that's, that's a, that's a hurt. Yeah. That, yeah. That hurt my soul a little bit. A little bit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, they're worth it, but they must, mm, yeah, not feeling it. <laughs> not feeling it. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> All right. So, okay, next. Okay. So my next thing is it's a little harder, um, but it's, yeah, it's just been on my mind. Um, what in the world is going on with our incarceration rates and our lack of talking about it in a real what do we do about it sense? And, you know, uh. people, <laughs> thank you. people like me. And you and, like, folks, like, working to change the system, yes, we talk about it all the time, but getting the general public to really recognize what this means is tough. And, like, it hits home here, too, because Oshkosh he, alone, we have three correctional facilities, and we have no... um. Uh, 
re-engagement plan. Like not any, not a single home anymore for folks coming out of prison. We right. had a few. Well, they got shut down for various reasons. And and so there's not a like a reacclimation right uh, landing point. Yeah. So like the folks who get incarcerated and are lucky enough to have um, a home and or family to go back to. It's hard enough for them to, you know, try to find work and pay for the home they're going back to, but they at least have something. A lot of folks don't have that. Right. Literally, no support system. Yeah. Literally let out usually um, around bar clothes is what typically <laughs> when they like to release people. I, I'm not sure about release really? time of Oshkosh specifically but i know in milwaukee yeah like about 1 30 a.m is when they like to release people to me that's setting them up for failure is there a is there a reason for that if there is there some logic or some type of i mean i'm just trying to understand that there's got to be i'm hope i shouldn't say there's got to be i'm just gonna say i'm hopeful that there's some type of logical reason for releasing at that time because that it how do you get a ride? Yeah, who picks and, you up? Um, you can't catch the bus. You can't. I don't know. Yes, to all of those things. Um, and to my knowledge, there is not a logical reason. Just oh, this is when our staff does it. Is the extent of what I know. Um, so groups like. <clears throat> excuse me, Esther, and Esther works with Expo, Ex-Incarcerated People Organizing, and Free, the all-female um, wing of Expo, to try to find out if there is a why and to try to change that. But right now, again, I don't know all um, facilities, but in Milwaukee, that is common Tuesday, it- middle of the night. People wow. just get released if they have a place to go. Great, someone can pick them up at the gate. If they don't, that's on them, and that's Bruh. wrong. That's so wrong. You know, I think people don't engage the whole um, people reentering into. I don't, I don't know what a better thing to call it uh, other than uh, reentering back into civilian life, uh, so to say. Um, and not thinking about you know the the amounts uh, or the incarceration rates, like the fact that we 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 incarcerate a, a lot, and to me, not all of it is necessary to necessarily be for incarceration. Because the smarter thing would be like, can some of these people get some type of training or education, and we set them on a path of being a productive citizen or resident within our municipalities in our communities right but i don't think i think that we and partially because of politics too we've decided to paint a really harsh picture of everyone who breaks the law yeah you know and and so therefore we we typically go and you hear it all the time you know they deserve this they this that and another and i'm not saying there's not a large population of individuals who yeah yeah if you are menacing or dangerous to the greater public yeah yeah there's no arguments for me i'm not trying to argue that point at all i'm just trying to say uh though some things 
I feel like um, there's other pathways, Um, particularly things that have to do with like if it's more about self-harm than anything. Yes, um, so many people get locked up for fighting addiction and for people that know what it's like inside of many prisons it's basically being locked up with fellow addicts with access to drugs and the story a lot of times is oh we're gonna get them off the streets and get them help if that's what we're doing that that i'm all for that but the system of locking people up in prison for drug violations we're not giving them the support they need and it's just perpetuating the cycle Mm, that's fair all right bruh (laughs) (laughs) you did you went from one level to the next level you really did jump that you you jumped that one all right well i I said i feel like that's a conversation maybe we'll get a chance to expand on later yeah all right um my what in the world is going on with is what in the world is going on with now Kosh listeners, I have a story. And you know how I get. Get on my soapbox and I got to share. So I went to buy a car with my wife. <clears throat> this was just yesterday. Went and bought a car. And so we're going through the car shopping experience, which let me just tell you, I feel about shopping for cars like you feel about the movies. <sighs> Because when I, you know, and I just bought a car, like, maybe a year and a half ago. It's less than two years, and it's even a more sticker shock than what it was then, right? But we, you know, we needed to do this car thing. So I was like, all right, we're going to get up Saturday morning. I got a great referral. Shout out to my man, Chris Tarman. And uh, got a great referral for a gentleman to work with over at Bergstrom. His name's Brent. Now, Brent. Now, funny thing is, you know how small the cash is because the minute we started talking to Brent, Brent's like, oh, I know you. And you totally went to high school with my wife kind of thing, right? (laughs) (laughs) That's amazing. Yeah. And and our daughters also. We had, he had one daughter who was the same age as my daughter and they went to daycare together. And so I totally remember them, right? Didn't remember him, but I remembered them. Yes. And so I was like, okay, cool. So. Going through the process, we we test drove a car, the and he already had set it up because I, since it was a referral, I was already doing texting and throwing out there, hey, these are the models I'm interested in, blah 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 blah, and they were like, okay, I've got this one car that is so clean, you should really check it out, and it was definitely something that was not even on my list, and I was like, all right, fine, you know. I'll listen to him, but I kind of had my mind set. And the rules were this. It had to be a Toyota, a Honda, a Buick Encore, or a Subaru. Uh, right along that line. So that was, that was kind of the rules of the game. You knew what you were looking for. Knew what I was looking for. Yeah, it's called reliability. <laughs> <laughs> It was, you know, if you haven't figured out what I was really trying to say there, that's what I was totally trying to say there, right? So, all right. So he told me he's got this thing, and and I wasn't excited about it. But then we get there, we meet him. He brings it out. Still not excited. Drive it. Oh my god. Ah. It was the aha parting of the clouds moment. I was like, 
And it's not, and it fell in those four categories, but I would have never guessed that this model of the car, which is a Subaru, I would have wanted. Ah. All right. But it was amazing. And this literally was one of those scenarios where it was traded in by an elderly couple. <laughs> so it had way under the amount of miles that it should, and it was mint nice super mint and it was just like i was like okay and after we drove it and then you know we were kind of had our mindset but then he insisted hey drive drive this drive this you know we were looking like rav4 we were looking at like um a crv drive this right mm. at the end of the day this definitely drove the best and we were like okay yo this is what we would like yeah. so we're sitting in his office, right? And we're at that point where we're kind of like really getting to the point where we're like, all right, you know, give us numbers, trade in, you know, let's figure some of this out. And another salesperson walks in and like in the middle of our conversation. And of course, he speaks his head in, apologizes for butting in, but then says, hey, you know that what you call it? You know the such and such car. You know, are you are you still using that? Because I got some people out here, and uh, we'd like to uh, give them uh, give them a chance to look at it. Da, 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 da. And it was like, <laughs> first of all, you just busted in in the middle of a, a of a what was a closed door conversation in the sales thing, right? Yeah, and he did. He busted in. He apologized, but he busted it. And then he threw that right there. He's like, wait. And so then there was even another part in here where it was like, okay, yeah, we're, we're, yeah, that's the car we're interested in. Well, are you serious about buying it? Whoa. <laughs> yeah. Like, um, I'm talking to a salesman right here. No, he totally did that. Whoa. He threw it down. He threw down the gauntlet. And it was like my wife's head swiveled yeah. and darted at him and was like, it's bought. <laughs> like, I'm not even kidding. Bruh. It went hard and it got, and, and our sales guy, who's a veteran, you know, he's been selling cars for a really long time. He shut that down. He just let him know. And I was like, is he a rookie? After he left, of course. Yeah. You know, he was like, yeah, he's newer. And I was like, all right, I totally understand. But wow, the boldness yeah, to just come in there and like. Yeah, because if you had been like on the fence, like then either get this fear that they're stealing your car or like, okay, he just interrupted me. Like, I, I don't want to deal with this place anymore. Yeah, you just that, don't like, even ooh, know. Right. There's yeah. a whole lot of ways that that could have went. Yeah. But just the fact the, that, that that's how it went down, it was on some stuff. Anyway, needless to say, there is a new car sitting in the driveway. And Yay. we did get the car because, once again, uh, he he set in motion something. <laughs> <laughs> We we were already heading that direction anyway. Yeah. So, but but that if there was nothing else that that confirmed for my wife, it was like you will not get it now. No, it is ours. It is, it is ours. But <laughs> 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 so I have to ask. And there's so many other ways it could have been handled. Like you 
knock on the door and you say, hey, can I talk to you in the hallway for a minute? You know, and have the conversation yeah. with them in the hallway or whatever. So what in the world is going on with the lack of etiquette? Yeah. Professional like, etiquette. Yes. That's what I'm going to call that. I think that is a great description of it. And I totally wonder the same thing. There's so many times in the last, mm, I don't know, five or six years Because I say, I I think that I've seen it worse since COVID, but even pre-COVID, like, some things you just should know not to do, and people just do it. And, like, this lack of uh, respect, really, to me, is what it feels like. That, like, okay, if another salesman is talking to a customer, that's very disrespectful both to that salesman and that customer, like... You, you don't do that. Why would you think well, that's okay? Well, no, I mean, I understand, like, there could be interruptions, but the fact that he literally was talking like that to us. Yeah. That's wild. That is. Like, I could see if he was like, hey, man, you know, can I holler at you in the hallway? And then, yeah. you know, say, hey, man, are they really going to buy that? You know, because I got some people out here who are highly interested or I want to show them that car. Yeah, because right? that's his job. He doesn't right. want to miss out on a sale. sale right. Yeah. I understand the hustle. Mm-hmm. I am not mad at the hustle. Um, I'm not even mad, mad at really how my man was, because I could tell he was in that mode. Like, he, mm-hmm. he was... He, like he probably had a really good opportunity there, right? Yeah. Um, but you can't just lose all your professional etiquette, right? Because like there is professional etiquette. Yes, and for a reason. Because like, yes, people come into a business; they deserve a level of treatment, and uh, yeah, especially like buying a car. You're gonna be giving them a lot of money, like, bruh, <laughs> lots of money. Yeah. All right, so that is my what in the world is yeah. going on with. Okay. You ready for the next segment? Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right, fabulous. See, this is what I'm talking about. This is great energy in the space. All right, next segment is called word association. Word association is where we say a word and you tell us what's on your mind. So we always like to start off with the same unifying word every week. That word that unites us all. Food. Yum. Like, I love food. I um, sometimes love it a little too much. Like, I eat too much Bruh. and my stomach is like, what are you doing to yourself? But <laughs> especially when it comes to sweet things. And, Ooh, uh, are you that girl? I am. And, like, y- y- you've talked on some episodes about having a big toe on 50 and, like, I can't eat some things. Well, I got big toe on 40 and I'm having that. And, like, yeah, <laughs> I, I, I love pie and it's not always a good thing anymore. <laughs> Well, no, in all respect, pie is always good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> may not be nice to you. Yeah, that's but true. It, but it typically is good. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. that's fair. Okay. <laughs> Wait, is pie the is one of the favorites? Yes. I especially like cream pies, uh, or silk pies. Those those are my, my jam. That's your jam? Yeah. All right, fair mm-hmm. enough. Cocktail or beer? Well, not a big alcohol intake person. Um, just 
can't handle it slash don't care for it too much. But if I'm going to have something, I'll typically go for a cocktail like uh, Amaretto Sour or Amaretto on the rocks. Or uh, I just was re-listening to your um, episode with Mr. Scherer and um, he was talking about margaritas and that reminded me that I do enjoy a good margarita. Bruh. <laughs> we it, all do. Yeah. <laughs> and for me, and, and on there, you asked him if he likes blended or on the rocks. For me, if it's original, I like it on the rocks. If it's a fruity, I like it blended. And I like either kind, but that's the distinction. No, that actually makes sense to mm-hmm. me. Uh, my separation point is if I want to have brain freeze or not. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's fair. Because <laughs> I, I, every time I do a frozen margarita and I, and I enjoy them. I enjoy them mm. a lot. There is some brain freeze associated with that whole experience. And that, yeah. ooh, that's rough. But nonetheless, it doesn't stop me from ordering them. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Fair enough. Margaritas. Concert. Uh, well, I have not been to a concert in over a decade. But this makes me think of the summer of my like ending college career that last semester and summer I uh, went to see Tim McGraw and Faith Hill and Martina McBride and Tool which I know that's how did they wait I was gonna say what how did they even how did they even hang out together yeah um well like I grew up um listening to country like my siblings were into country a lot and so like I liked that but I also liked like pop stuff on the radio and I know tool does not fit pop but it like had um schism that like made it to the radio and so I heard that song and I liked it and then well I met my now husband when we were 16 and tool was his favorite band and still is um but that summer we went to a tool concert it was at Summerfest, and it was phenomenal and so now I'm just waiting for them to come back um, there was, now I'm trying to remember timeline, but they were, they were supposed to come back, um, hmm, sometime, like very near when we saw them, um, but then Maynard got sick and so they canceled. Okay. And. Are they still touring? Not really. They're doing a couple of, um, like Summerfest type um venues venues but nothing near here i think california is the closest so okay um and yeah they have like two or three of those scheduled so it's not like a full tour but i'm really hoping they'll come back because that was a good time and um yeah that time that Maynard got sick my husband actually had a ticket for himself he drove to the rave and that's when he found out that it was canceled he didn't know ahead of time so he made the entire drive that was like before uh we had cell phones and i mean yeah it was just not a very easy to disseminate information time and so yeah it gets there and there's a notice on the door like what and then in covid we got tickets and they canceled because of covid and yeah so we're just really hoping that we can see them before they stop being able to play because they're all in their 50s now which i mean i know that's not ancient but when you're rocking out that's 
I can't imagine doing that at my age, even if I had the skill, let alone in 15, 20 years. So I'm just hoping we get a chance. <laughs> uh, maybe. Hopefully. Yeah. I mean, at this point, I feel like Tool is something that could end up at the uh, Oshkosh Arena. I would be all for that. Hey. All right. Hey, listeners out there, if you're associated with the Oshkosh Arena, you heard there's a tool request. So if there's anybody with influence, <laughs> maybe maybe there's a good following of tool listeners. I think actually I do think like tool had a good following. Yes. Yes. Okay. That's fair. Um, shop local. I should do it more like it's. All these little uh, businesses need our money, but I'll admit I am lazy, and so I a lot of times just click on Amazon and like to get it delivered right to my door. But I support, in theory, local business, and I need to do a lot better about supporting with uh, my my money. All right, is there a is there any local businesses in particular though you you have an affinity for? Um, coffee shops. Especially with my current job, I like to, uh, yeah, I like to switch it up. But um, like, Lawless Anina is very near our office, so I I like Lawless a lot. Lawless too, and I like their um, downtown Appleton location too. Like, they're just a great, great small little company that yeah has two locations in our area. That's amazing. Yeah. No, Wallace does a great job. It's just got, see, coffee shops, it's all about the vibe. Yeah. It's got to have a certain vibe, and Lawless totally has a vibe, and I'm so I'm totally feeling Lawless. All right. Love that. Love that. Uh, Diversity. Uh, Reality. Like, a lot of people. Yes. Facts. Um, Yeah. I know this is something that's come up on here a lot, but like a lot of people hear diversity and they think just diversity of color. But the reality is, yes, diversity of color is a thing. It's here. We need to embrace it. But also diversity of gender, of um, sexual orientation, um, level of education, uh, age, able-bodiedness slash levels of different abilities, um, you know, economic, like I could go on and on and on, but yes, this is life and we need to celebrate it. Facts. Um, community. Engage. Um, this is where we are and if we, it can only be as good as we make it. So let's engage and make our community what we want it to be. And I think we have an amazing community here, but there's always room for growth. So let's engage and take advantage of what we have and see where we can make it better. What do you say to those who want to engage, but they don't know where to engage or they find challenge in it? I'll say I was the same way just a few years ago. Cause even though I, uh, you know, grew up here, had a daycare here. So I, I didn't really know outside of my small circle what our community even had to offer. Um, So I would say an easy way to find out a start of what's around is go to your local library. All of our libraries in the area are phenomenal, in my opinion. And they uh, allow a lot of organizations to host meetings there. They themselves will um, host things and... You know, just 
go to the library, find out what there is, go to one thing, and then just talk to people, which I know can be intimidating if you don't know who's going to be there, but just try it once or twice. And our community is so great at engaging people that if you are able to put yourself in that position to go and talk to someone, they will engage with you and you will have the door open to find out what's going on around here. I like that as a starting point because our libraries really do host so much different programming Mm -hmm. and do give you opportunities to learn about other resources or if you ask your librarians uh and since i big big shout outs to our librarians out there uh i actually have a shout out to a librarian later on (laughs) so that just falls into place i i do love that as a connection point period all right awesome so ready for the next segment yes next segment is called the Kosh Hidden Gems. This is your opportunity to share a hidden gem that you found out there in the community somewhere. It doesn't have to be the Kosh. It could be in the Fox Cities, but a gem. It could be something we all know about, but maybe there's something in particular we don't know about it, or maybe it's something we might not know about. What do you got? Uh, well, I have a couple that I know have at least been talked about. I don't know if they've been considered hidden gems or not, but then I have some that I think think are new to the show um first of all food co-op and food pantry here in oshkosh both great resources for different levels of income and um networking ability um it's wonderful that we have that sense of community that i was just talking about big fat shout out to the food co-op no doubt no doubt yes um, and also day by day, uh, warming shelter and yes. they're just about to have their, uh, grand opening of their new facility. And it's just phenomenal to me that they, that we have that resource here and that we were able to see the need for expansion and we got that. And like, I am really excited to go tour the new facility and see what spaces we're giving for to those people who need it. Yep, me too. Yeah. It's only, um, you know, it's about two blocks from here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's about two blocks. Yeah. So I, I definitely want to see see what's going on because we've kind of, uh, we drive past, we've been driving past the construction of it for some time. Yeah. So it's definitely, I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited for who we have shown ourselves to be. Yes. Like, that's so important. Like, um, the fact that we decided to grow and expand a resource like that. Yes. Um, it shows a lot about who the community is. I know there is some pushback, you know, there's always some of that, not in my neighborhood thing or in mm-hmm. my backyard kind of thing. But, um, you know, I, me personally, I, I have no problem with any of it. Like, it's like people have to have a place to go and we need to treat people like the humans they are. Yes. We, we, and so like, I have no problem with it being in my backyard and I'm more proud of the fact that this community went forward and made it happen. Yes, I totally agree. And that leads into my next shout out to the tiny homes that I think like it is, it should be a basic human right to have dignified housing and that we 
as a community are expanding the warming shelter and having tiny homes for families like this. Homelessness is a huge issue across, well, across the world, but our country and our community, and that our community recognizes it instead of ignoring it, and we are actively trying to help these people. That makes me very proud. No doubt. I have to give a big shout out to that. Um, there is a, actually it was, it was one of my uh, early, early episodes with a uh, big shout out to John Dom, Dom, Domo. <laughs> I just slaughtered your last name. <laughs> but um, we, it was during the time that that was the plan. They were planning the tiny houses and it was, it was starting to really come into fruition. And uh, it's amazing like to actually see them now. Yes. Like, and it's, it's such a good plan to help people transition and um, just become those, those residents, those productive uh, individuals within, uh, within our communities that we want to see. Um, everybody needs a little help, you know, exactly. no, no matter who you are, everybody needs a little help. And um, if we have the ability to, it's nice when we choose to help. Yes. So. Agreed. I'd like to see some other communities do something like that. Cause I mean, let's be honest. Uh, I, you know, I'm a person that kind of looks at housing prices because, you know, and, and, uh, I'm not necessarily trying to move, but I am looking at condos mm -hmm. cause you know, there's this whole thing of we're, it, my, me and my toe on 50 says, maybe we don't want to cut grass anymore or shovel snow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that's <laughs> That's not super fun. <laughs> no, but while you're looking, you're looking at all the things and also looking at the, um, the rent of uh, different places since COVID. And it's just like, whoa. Yeah. Rent prices are astronomical. Like, it's real, real. Um, let me just say, it gave me pause, like going, going shopping for a car. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, um, I just think having these other options out there because um, otherwise... We can't make everything affordably challenged. Correct. Yeah. I like that wording because it's not, you know, can't completely blame the people who are trying to make money because like everybody needs to make money in somewhere. But if you're making it affordably challenged, like that's just not fair. And we need Bruh. Yeah. Well, it just makes it, I mean, because what we also don't want to do, and we've learned this, you don't want to chase out all those other jobs where maybe the the affordability of the job or what the income or what the pay of the job isn't like, in, at, you know, at the top, because then you lose all of those other people who do the things, who work those spaces that we like to go and visit. Yes. And, and, and maybe our service oriented uh, jobs or, or uh, particularly like customer service oriented jobs or, or server serve servers service jobs um yeah and so like we want to still enjoy those things that means we have to create spaces where they can live yes. and and enjoy their lives too because they're working hard yeah it's that whole community again because yeah. if we want to have things to enjoy people need to provide them for us but we need to provide for the people who are providing for us like Facts. it all needs to be 
uh, unanimous. Yeah, and it, it needs to work together. Yes. Okay. I like that. Oh. Hit, yeah. And then, and then I have uh, two more hidden gems that are um, near my home. Um, Nana's Apothecary is on the corner of Badger Ave, and which one is that there? Winnebago, maybe. Um, uh, near in Appleton by West High School. Um, just a cute little shop that um, is owned by um, an LGBTQ couple or... Now, I don't remember if it's one or multiple people own it, but it's a sweet little place. You can make your own candles there. They have lots of um, aromatherapy things, and it's just lovely. Um, it's, I think, only been there about a year or so, and I've living there, I've seen a lot of things come and go from that tiny little strip mall. I don't know what you call it, um, but I really want to see them stay, so let's support them. Um, and the flavors, which is, um, it used to be Baskin Robbins on College Ave, um, by the glass nickel. Um, and this lovely Hispanic family, um, bought it. I believe it might've been during COVID. I don't know, because I think like Baskin Robbins left and it was closed for a while. Um, but it was just, Last year, on the last day of school, my husband um, decided the boys deserved some ice cream on the last day of school and just Googled the ice cream near me and found the flavors and right away recognized that you know, that used to be Baskin Robbins. But since then, we've been regulars and um, yeah, the boys love going there. They have tons of different flavors as Baskin Robbins did, but also, this really fun um, Latin field now that this new family owns it. Oh, okay. I want to check out the flavors. Yes. That's a field trip. Yes. You've just been put on notice. Okay. That you will be taking me to the dog. Okay, let's do it. <laughs> as soon as this weather warms up again, because I like to uh they have an oh, i mean it's very small inside and even outside but they have uh one bench outside so i like to go and sit on the bench so when it warms up we okay. need to do that field trip yes i'm all about the field trips fabulous um what's the kosh need the kosh needs a change in the narrative um bruh <laughs> Because there seems to be this big distinction between Oshkosh and Appleton or Appleton and the Fox Cities versus Oshkosh. And it's all one. Like, I mean, you come in from Milwaukee, like distance wise or, you know, get in the car and drive. Like, it's like we're all one big city. Like, we need to think of it like that. Um, and, I mean, even... Uh, Esther, like, we have these task forces that are not specifically Fox Valley, but then we have the Oshkosh one that is specifically Oshkosh. And, I mean, I think it's wonderful that we do have one that's working on needs in Oshkosh. Right now we're working on um, housing mainly and a little bit of transportation stuff. But this, I want a better cohesion both in Esther and with the community abroad so i'm not sure what to do about that but yes 
change the narrative that we're all one. That, that's a tough one. Yeah. And because I will say there is uh, there is cultural difference. Mm-hmm. There is um, structural difference politically as far as like um, the, how how a lot of things function, just how the things are set up, like um, codes and and who's in charge and and um yeah so i mean it's yes. they're they're not set up the same so they don't necessarily i don't think they can operate the same because the structures are different per se um not saying one's more effective than the other but it does they can't run the same from what i've seen or what i've learned yes i think that is true and yeah yeah it, it, yeah that that's just my observation, but I know what you mean in the sense, and and the therefore there is different culture too between the two, um, and and the pace in which, um, they accept change. Yes, that's how, that's how I will put that. Yes, that that is fair, and I guess that's kind of where I would like to be able to kind of mesh the communities. I know this is very idealistic, but if we could mesh, so then we could just like kind of open the possibilities more of like as one area grabs onto something that they're um, becoming more, in my view, enlightened about, then, you know, maybe it could just, like, all of us could at least think about it at the same time. Maybe we're not all going to be there on the same page, but, you know, if Appleton and Oshkosh specifically could be, like, talking about the same things at the same time, and then, um, which... I will will give credit, and I've heard this um, in numerous spaces, that, like, the one thing that works well is... um, the partnerships of like the organizations and nonprofits and those that are doing it, like uh, working across the different cities, uh, Nina Menasha, Appleton into Oshkosh, um, even working within the tri-county region, they do typically work well together. Yes. And I do, uh, you know, very so, much appreciate that. Yeah. So I do hear that. Um, but I also do think like what, what may be accepted in one community is not necessarily <laughs> the other yeah. community is still looking through the window trying to figure out if that's for them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Bruh. <laughs> All right. Awesome. All right. At this time, I think we're going to take a short commercial break. Did you know there are children in the Fox Valley in need of hearing aids, but their parents struggle to provide them because of lack of insurance or high copays? I am Juliette Sturkins, audiologist and board member of Here in the Fox Cities, and proud that this small local nonprofit organization has helped fund hearing aids for some 30 kids. Your donation would help more children hear. Visit hereinthefoxcities.org to learn more and to see their smiles. Every child deserves to hear. All right. Now it is time for what is becoming one of my favorite, favorite segments. Um, We call it story time. And the story time is 
the opportunity for our guests to share a story with us, a narrative with us. Um, so it's that simple. <laughs> it's not more complex than that. So, uh, Katie, what do you got? Um, well, I want to tell you about a time in college when, um, people of Oshkosh came through and, uh, helped us out. Uh, it, my birthday is on my mom's birthday in February. Oh, wow. <laughs> um, and when I was a senior in college, um, she was, what was that, probably her 60th birthday? It was a milestone birthday anyway, so we were having a surprise party for her. Um, so my husband and I uh, drove from Ripon to um, Sherwood to have this surprise party um, at... Uh, the granary. Oh, <laughs> back when the granary existed, yes. right? <laughs> um, so, yeah, we went there and, um, yeah, it was snowing a little bit on the way there. And uh, we were told we were supposed to get a couple inches, but we we're like, yeah, whatever. And then, like, the night of, it starts snowing harder and harder. And we're like, yeah, whatever. We're just going to go back to Ripon. We don't feel like dealing with staying here and uh, whatever. And, you know, everyone's like, are you, are you sure you should just stay the night? I'm like, no, we're fine. And we could drive and drive and get to, like, mm, maybe Nina area. And we're like, maybe this wasn't a good idea. But whatever, we're this far. We're going to keep driving. Make it through Oshkosh. Maybe five minutes down the road on 44. Uh, hit a patch of ice and totally spin around and end up in the ditch facing the wrong way. And oh, that's the worst. Yeah. And neither of us had cell phones yet. And we're like, what oh. are we going to do? Um, but we, yeah, we're there. And um, within minutes, a car like stopped, pulled over like, oh, do you need a hand? And we're like, uh, yeah, like, we don't know what to do. They're like, well, where are you going? We're like, well, we're ripping college. And um, so they actually drove us to Ripon in a snowstorm. And then we get to our dorms and, like, look up phone numbers, call. I don't even remember who we, what, if we called tow trucks right away or if we called the city or, I, I don't remember. But we ended up finding a tow truck company who was willing to come out and get our car in the middle of the snowstorm. Um, but he was like, oh, so where are your keys? We're like, our keys are with us. What do you mean? He's like, oh, well, like to do this, if I don't have your keys, it's going to be like, I don't know, 100 or $200 extra to do this. But if you can give me your keys tonight, then I can like get it out of the ditch and you can drive it back. And we're like, um yeah that would be nice but what are we supposed to do <laughs> um oh and and the thing of like we needed to take care of it then was because it was in the middle of this big so snowstorm so the police department had said we needed to get it out of the ditch because plows were going to be coming through like right. we couldn't just leave it there um so we um don't know that many other people that have cars at ripon because like it's just a tiny little place. Most people just walk around campus and that's just the way it is. But my friend who was from Hawaii had her car shipped to Ripon. 
Whoa. Bruh. <laughs> yeah. So that in itself is just a little bit of a whole thing. Um, but then yeah, I find Sam and yeah, shout out to Sam Ho, my Hawaiian friend, who then when I told her what was going on, she's like, okay, let's go get your car. So um, yeah, Miss Hawaii drives us in a snowstorm from Ripon to back to Oshkosh. <laughs> and then we meet the um, tow truck person there, get our car unlocked. He pulls us out. And then um, then we drive both cars back to Ripon in the middle. Still snowing. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So if it wasn't for that first person who just pulled over to see how we were, I don't know what that night would have entailed. But it ended up being a pretty crazy story. But... We made it eventually safely back to school. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. <laughs> that is a very Wisconsin story. Yes, that is. sounds like a very Wisconsin story. It makes so much sense to me. What even makes it make more sense to me is that it took the uh, young person from Hawaii to be the... <laughs> Because of course it did. Of course. Of course. Of course it was the person from Hawaii who drove in the snowstorm to help you out. I mean. Oh, yeah. That just. Oh, my God. (laughs) So good. All right. Love. Love that narrative. Okay. Well, it's that time. It's time for the topic of the week. Yes. yes. Okay. So, Katie, well, listeners, as you know, topic of the week is chosen by our guest 99.9% of the time. Um, so, Katie, what is our topic of the week? Social justice advocacy. Oh. Let's go. Yes. Um, so, yeah. Who am I to talk about social justice? Just this white woman who's from Fox Valley. Um, Well, sometimes I don't know, but uh, let me tell you how I got into it. And we can go from there about how other people can get into it if they want to. Um, Well, a little background about me... um, is that I have been impacted by gun violence. Um, Luckily, no one that I know has um, been shot, but it's been too close too many times. Um, I have two siblings who are domestic violence survivors. Um, One of them is a hunter, and guns were... um, accessible guns were not stored in the home though so that prevented what could have been a terrible thing Mm. um and the other one um things got so bad that um they actually begged their um abuser to use a gun um just wanted it to be over but again fortunately not used at the time therapy was had and things are a different situation now. Um, but just knowing that that could have gone differently. Um, and I have a brother-in-law who, while suffering a mental health crisis, was able to purchase a handgun. And if it weren't for 
um, an ex-girlfriend knowing about the situation and informing family members he would probably no longer be here. Um, So my family had a lot of close calls that way. And myself, when I was in high school, um, a classmate who sat in front of me in history turned around one day and said, um, one day I'm going to come in and blow them all away. But don't worry, I'll save you for the end because you're sweet. And yeah, that was. And I remember walking out of the classroom and just being like, what just happened? Was that real? Was that some weird flirting? (laughs) Like, mm. but growing up, middle of Wisconsin, lots of hunters, like I knew there was access to guns. I didn't know if this was credible or not. Um, but my friends were like, what's going on? Because they could just see it in me. So I told them and they're like, well, you should tell someone. I'm like, yeah, but like, I'm kind of scared too. Um, but me and that group of friends were all in the peer helpers group. And so we had a peer helpers training that week and part of the training was, um, if you see something, you say something, um, Right, you have to. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I know people don't like to snitch, but you, you can't take that stuff lightly anymore. Right, and you know that time was like post Columbine, pre Sandy Hook, so it was very much on people's minds, but it still wasn't a daily discussion. Um, Like you know, we didn't have lockdown drills, but we also couldn't bring backpacks to the classroom. We were you know in that group of. They were still. They were. They were filling it out. They were remaking. Yeah. They were restructuring the norms. Right. Um, but the day of that training, my friends were like, "You have to say something." Um, and came with me to the guidance counselor's office when I then yeah said about this threat, and I remember physically shaking because I was just like, I don't know if this is real or not. Um, and then he was um, suspended for three days. And then he came back and that there was no follow up on my end. I didn't still didn't know if it was credible threat, like, oh, had multiple people had such conversations or did he know it was me because I'm the only person he told. And so uh, like that was three uh, days, three days. Yes. Um, Which I'm not saying I have the answer. I don't know what the right yeah. answer is to that. Maybe it's three days, but um, still, I just. That that would scare me. Yes, and it scared me too. And um, being the culture that we have, obviously had a lot of more school shootings happening after that. Luckily, not in my school, but every time I would see it on the news, I would go back to being in that guidance counselor's office, shaking, wondering if we were going to be the next one. Um, But... Still didn't even know what I could do. Just like, oh, this is scary, but okay, I'm going to move on. Then fast forward, um, I became a mom. My kid was uh, three and a half years old. Time to enroll him in preschool. Do that. Two weeks later, the Parkland shooting happened. And I was like, I can't just not do anything anymore. This is... 
I I was able to make it through with only a threat, but what's going to happen to my kids? Um, so I just researched uh, gun control because at that time I didn't even know that gun control is a uh, right wing verbiage of it. I just um, but found out about Moms Demand Action for Gun Sense in America and. Our Manasha Library was hosting the first meeting of a Fox Valley group the next week. So I uh, signed up to go, asked my mother-in-law to go with me because I was nervous to go meet a bunch of people I didn't know, see what this whole movement was about, and immediately realized, these are my people, this is what I need to do. And yeah, just... Signed up for the various groups they have within Moms um, for um, like text outreach, um, phone banking, going to future meetings. Um, and within a few weeks, they asked me to come on the data lead um, team. So even though I had no experience in database management, I did it because I was like, I have to do what I have, I can do. Right. Um, and then a few months later became the local group lead and, um, a couple of years later became co-state lead and, um, local spokesperson and just, This yeah. is quite the trajectory. Yeah. But you, you felt it. I felt it and I felt it to my core that, um, too, as I was progressing through Moms Demand Action, recognizing all of the interrelations between uh, white supremacy and gun violence and bullying in schools and gun violence and just how every social issue that I can think of comes perpetuates gun violence. Um, and... You know, I was doing daycare at the time and doing this activism um, as a volunteer. And then we had COVID and then we kind of got through COVID and my kids are back in school full time. And I decided I needed to do more. Um, so I started looking for jobs where I could put my activism to work you know be able to do it more than just at nap time right. <laughs> um and that is how i found esther which is a local social justice advocacy organization and uh, while we do not have any group that specifically focuses on gun violence we focus on issues that interconnect with gun violence and so i am doing what my life's work can you explain a little bit more? Like I've, of course, I've gotten the opportunity to work with Esther some. Um, but even then, I don't understand the full scope of Esther and its work. Um, so can you help help our community? Because I want to what I want to make it for the Kosh listeners is uh, once again, if they're looking for places to get involved or to volunteer um, and like you found something where you're you're giving your time and energy towards an organization who is passionate about the things you're passionate mm -hmm. about um well there might be others yeah right and so I, but 
I think the big thing is, is often we know these names, but we don't know what we don't know. Yes. And, um, I'll admit that I am learning more about Esther every day. Um, I've been on staff since September and I am just amazed by what these volunteers do. Um, but also we're always growing Hopefully we'll be adding more staff sometime relatively soon and yeah, always looking for more volunteers. So some of what we do is, um, well, let me just put out there. First of all, a lot of people are like, well, who's Esther? Well, Esther, um, the organization is an interfaith uh, social justice advocacy organization. Um, so interfaith means anything from Christian to atheist, as long as you have faith in something like I'm an ag- agnostic. So I don't, I don't know if there's a God per se, but I know that there's something bigger than me. Like, so my faith, I say I have faith in humanity. Like we're going to come together and we're going to do the best we can. Um, but Yes, the name Esther does come from the Christian Bible, um, and we, or that was chosen um, as an acronym for empowerment, solidarity, truth, hope, equity, reform. So that is what we strive to do, um, and how we do that is we have multiple task forces that work on specific issues that um, we see in the area. Um, And then we also will do, I guess, projects that as they come to us, we might not have a specific task force dedicated to it, but we will do everything in our power. Um, So to kind of hopefully make that make sense, I'll go through what task forces we have and some of our current projects. Um, Our um, first task force I'll talk about is the transformational justice, um, which had been known as prison reform, but with all of the post-release work we do and just changing the narrative of working for prisoners, sometimes people don't like the wording of that, um, and dignifying the people we're working with and for too um just words matter exactly (laughs) terms matter yes so um yeah doing all that we can for incarcerated and formerly incarcerated folks um and a project that that task force is working on is uh, we have a replica of a solitary confinement cell coming to appleton next month Ooh, for real yeah on um the 11th and the 12th um, from 10 to 6 both days, um, there's a gentleman who um, served an ungodly amount of time in solitary confinement. When he got out, he actually created this replica, and he um, donates his time and energy to bring this across the state and tell his story. Um, so Mr. Talib Akbar will be... Um, yeah, telling his story throughout the day. Um, people can come and go as they please. Um, if you want to just hear the story, see um, 
the presentation and see the cell, that is fine. But if you want to have the full experience, you can do um, a designated amount of time in the cell too. Oh, so, yeah. Yes. So um, we are not sure I'm ready for that. Yeah, it's it's a lot to ask, but it's super necessary because we need to stop doing this to people. Um, so yeah, it's going to be in Appleton on the 11th and 12th, and then it's going to go up to Green Bay on the 13th. So, um, yes, that I think is phenomenal because that's inhumane and we need to make people realize what solitary actually is and why we should not be doing that to people. I got a question. Mm -hmm. Okay. And not to put you on the spot because, uh, when people ask me questions like this, I'm always... I, I word fumble. <laughs> I'm not that person sometimes. Sometimes I'm good and other times I'm not so good. Um, but I do think like we use a term like social justice and I don't think people always know what that means. Uh, or it means it's so broad in what yes. it could mean. And we don't, I don't know if we do a good job. It's like diversity. Yes. Right. Diversity is this big, large, meaningful word now that depending on who you talk about, it means some really amazing things or some really villainous things to some people. Right. And so social justice is another term. I feel like it's not because it covers uh, the definition of what falls under the umbrella of social justice is so broad. I don't think people always have a good understanding of when you say it what does it mean yes and that I don't know if I have a good answer either but it is a very necessary thing to talk about to me social justice is any time we see disparities and or discrimination or persecution against ourselves or groups of people we need to stop that and working together to both highlight what those things are and fix them and fix them with the people that are being oppressed and being discriminated. And so um, me as a white woman, sometimes I face a little bit of that, but a lot of times I don't. And so being open to seeing what I see and seeing what other people see and hearing what they have to say and not being afraid to make missteps but to do everything in my power to use my privilege to fix the problems that are oppressing my fellow humans I like that That was a a fat finger fumble. (laughs) (laughs) It happens. (laughs) All right. And and as you, as Kosh listeners know, yes, that is Bosco the podcast dog apparently losing his mind because there's probably a squirrel uh, dancing in the sidewalk, teasing him, and he can't just let it be. (sighs) He's got to do his thing. (laughs) He's he's got a job to do, but not right now, Bosco. Not right now. Now, I really like that how you yeah. how you describe that. Thank you. Uh, um, okay, but okay, so yeah, that was the first task force I talked about. We've got five other ones, so 
Hang on tight. <laughs> oh, hey, we're for the ride. Yeah. Let's go. Um, the next one is our Oshkosh task force. Um, and right now I am working um, a lot with hearing stories of people who are or have faced um, ho- homelessness in the city of Oshkosh. Um myself and the former lead organizer who now is um, a part-time community organizer because he has retired but can't give up on this work. Right. Um, Bill Van Lopik, which, yeah, shout out to Bill. Thank you for all you do. Um, He and I now, because he started this work before I came on, but he uh, is letting me assist in this, um, yeah, getting all these stories so that we can... um, you know, hopefully work with the city, the county, um, whoever else has power to do things so that we can continue to do things like getting the tidy homes and expansion of day by day. And because we know that that stuff is great, but we also know there are hundreds of people that are still, you know, couch surfing or fully um, unhoused and we, we don't want people living like that. Um, unless they want to, cause there are some people who do choose that. And yeah, if that's what you want for yourself, let's make sure it's safe that you have like a safe place to park your car or whatever. Right. Um, right. but for those who do want a house or, you know, a, a, a building to live in, let's make that happen. Nobody should have to be unhoused. Right. Um, so, um, that, is our main thing. Um, but a big thing that our Oshkosh task force did in the past that we are, um, continuing to follow up on is get busing for children going to the Oshkosh area school district. Um, because, mm, why? I know I, I want to say it was like about six years ago or maybe it was even longer. I apologize. I don't, this was before my time at Esther, so I'm going to blame it on that's why I can't remember the dates. Fair um, enough. <laughs> but at that time, Ashkash students who uh, lived in d- district but out of school busing limits had no free way to get to school. So either parents had to drive them, they had to walk, or they had to pay to ride the city bus, which is not an option for a lot of families. Um, so we did research. We went to city council meetings. We went to school board meetings. We advocated for um, free bus ri- rides for students, and right. uh, we got it. So our Ashkosh students have been able to ride the bus for the last few years, um, and it came up for... Um, renewal this year and it has been signed on that it's going to continue um but there's still some questions about equitability of it and implement implementation so we are still advocating to make it better um because there have been some uh physical altercations on the buses and Mm. um drug use on the buses and um some people like to blame one high school versus the other both have issues um but it's facts um 
part of the issue too is that um, there's not enough busing because at first the before this happened the argument was like well kids are getting to school they don't need this well we had a 300 percent rise in student ridership when this was implemented so there was a need for it but now we are advocating that some of the reasons why we're having these issues of fights on the buses are because we're overcrowding the buses and kids don't have a place to sit end of the day that they've been in school maybe getting harassed at school maybe just you know just want some space well there's just a mix of of a whole lot of personalities as a kid who had to catch the bus himself when he was in uh, middle school and high school which was the milwaukee public bus uh uh, bus system yeah 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 and And, then you know and, and you have city members on the bus too so it's not Right. Just the tension of school people, but they're community members too. And Oh yeah. And yeah. there's just a lot of socio that well, there's just there's challenge. Right. You know, and, and the bus system is an amazing thing and we need it. It's not in where well, it's not an at uh it's not whether we need it or not, we definitely need it. But you're right. The have the ability where there might be during certain hours a little more frequency. Right. So students can pick and choose their buses and not wait 30 45 minutes or so right yeah so that is the piece of advocacy that we're working on now so if anyone in the community is interested in helping um, show up and show out at things like school board and county board and letting um, them know that we need to not only continue it but see how we can improve it um, that is that's where we're at with that, and we're not going to give up. We're not not going to claim to know what exactly to do because we're dealing with people here. How do? But what? How can we make it better? And so, if you have ideas, please let us know, or go straight to your uh, representative or school board, and just that—that that is what advocacy is. Okay. All right. So then uh, moving on, our another task force is environmental justice. Um, and this is one of our newer task forces, as in it's a couple of years old. Um, what we've been doing so far is really trying to hear stories of indigenous folks and how do they um, take care of the earth, really. Because they've been here the longest and they're doing the best job, in my opinion. How can we learn and replicate what they're doing? Um, And one of, um, well, kind of two projects that I'm really proud of that our Environmental Justice Task Force is doing. Make that three, sorry. Uh, I don't know if this will air before Earth Day or not, but... Our task force actually has two events going on on Earth Day. Um, we're going to have a rally at Houdini Plaza in Appleton. Okay. And then we're going to march down the street to Lawrence University. And we're going to have tables at the event that Lawrence University is hosting. What is, uh, when, not what is, but when is Earth Day? Uh, April 22nd. Okay. So next weekend. Yeah, this or, probably won't. Okay, air. yeah. So, so that will probably be done by then. But just know that we will have been there, and um, yeah, 
like that's the type of uh, community awareness piece that we do. Because we also did a halfway to Earth Day. So in what, six months ago, what was that? September, October, um, we had a, an Earth Day rally at Pierce Park. And um, yeah, similar, just like let's get everybody educated about um, climate change and what we can do about it. Um, but an event that's coming up that uh, you will have time to register for, and I'll make sure that it gets in the podcast notes, um, but we, uh, this is one of those where we don't have a specific task force that works on it, so it just kind of falls in, um, but we want to make sure people are aware of the stories of Indigenous folks, and so right. uh, we are working with um, a few other uh, organizations in the area to host an Indigenous Peoples Blanket exercise uh, next Ooh. month. Um, oh, okay, that's interesting. Yeah, it's like an interactive history lesson um, where yeah, people stand on blankets, um, narrators tell the story of um, American Indigenous folks, and you can see how their numbers dwindle as the genocide progresses. And it's, I've not seen one in person, but I've heard that it's incredibly moving and heartbreaking and powerful. So I'm looking forward to that. Um, And then, yeah, if I remember correct, we're asking for $30 for registration and that allows people to participate. And then um, after the actual blanket exercise, we're having... um, Indigenous folks hold healing circles, so then we can kind of debrief how, what did you learn, how do you feel about this, um, and then we're going to have a lunch that is catered by a company that I cannot pronounce because it is an Indigenous word, um, but I can, uh, again, we'll put it in the podcast, yeah. huh? um, right. but they will be providing um, a traditional Indigenous feast for us. Oh, that's amazing. Yes. That should, that should be good. Yeah. I'm, okay. I'm excited about that. Um, And then we also have a mental health task force, um, which we're kind of struggling with our own mental health right now, to be honest. Like, COVID was tough. We recently lost a member to suicide, and it's it's rough. And um, we definitely want to advocate for folks but i think advocacy also needs to be self-advocacy and so what we're doing for the summer months um are focusing on ourselves and the community um by connecting with um ebb and flow connections cooperative um and we're going to be hosting community living rooms um so we can all just come and get together and have a safe space to talk about whatever we want or just sit and be with people if you're not in a place to talk, but you just need. Need to be around folks. Yeah. Being, having that energy. Uh, that is so, so important. And, and I like what you're saying. The mental health piece, I, th- I feel like the best thing we can do is to make sure, sh- do mental health awareness and and mental health safety so people feel safe enough to go take care of themselves and do the mental health but the responsibility 
of that is on the individuals. Yes. We got to get individuals to feel okay enough and dis, you know, disassociate the stigmas about taking care of your mental health and take care of your mental health. Yes, exactly. Right? How I mean, can we advocate for it if we're not taking care of ourselves? And right. we sadly lost someone to that. Like she was an amazing advocate for others, but refused to accept help herself. And that, that, that happens. Yeah. That and, happens. and we want to make that happen less and less and less. And so we are, we're doing what we think will be a very good thing for the community, and I hope so. But, you know, this is also a very a learning process. So if we do this and it's not what we envision, we'll change it and we'll, you know, we need, we need community input so we can do what the community needs. I like that. All right. Okay, next task force is our public transit. So, um, yeah, they're involved in that um, Oshkosh Transit talk that I uh, mentioned, but also getting um, Valley Transit and Go Transit to be more cohesive um, because, like, they're have been talks or maybe it even already happened about shutting down one of the lines that goes from Oshkosh to Appleton and raising stories of, um, I feel like that might've happened. Yeah. I think that, I think it did. Um, but we're trying to get it back now. Cause yeah, we started working on this when it was, uh, on the table, likely going to happen, but maybe not. But with the, likely aspect like okay then we're gonna move into how can we get it back or how can we get alternatives because we're also like working with make the ride happen like okay if it's just not financially doable for public transit to do it then can we make sure there are other options available and make people aware that there are options available too because i mean make the ride happen is a great program and they do get a lot of use but also I didn't hear about that until I was working at Esther. Like, there's probably a lot of folks that don't know that that's an option. Oh, no, no. It's um, it's kind of the mixed bag of uh, the people that may know typically may not need public transportation. Right. And the people who need to know who use public transportation um, may not be connected in the in the places to know. Right. Like, that's not where they do their best um, for lack of a better term, advertising, uh, right. where the best outreach happens, you know? Yeah. Um, and so we, sometimes we have these amazing resources, but the people that need the resources, they, no one's told them. Yes. And that's the sad thing. That's like a big part of the educational advocacy that Esther tries to do is try to recognize those groups of people that would benefit from some of these resources but don't know about it so really trying to get out in the community and make sure people are aware of what we have because they're not going to find it it, it's the whole thing like they're not going to just happen to stumble up on it often um there has to be intentional uh, efforts to reach out to these places to create the impact that they they want to have right? right these programs are put in place to help 
Um, and it's to ha- it's to make impact. But if there's not the intentional outreach, you may not ever reach the people you're really trying that need you the most. Right. So yeah. I feel that. Yeah. And another thing that we're not actively involved in yet, but we have people on our task force who are um, on other committees that are looking at getting passenger rail back to the valley and up to um, Green Bay even. And so it's looking like that's at least a few years out, but it's at least conversation that's being had and so if that's a conversation that any of you kosh listeners are interested in please uh help us be a part of that because i think that would be phenomenal if we could get passenger rail from green bay down to milwaukee oh think about it like this if they could create some type of passenger rail and you could jump on it um what it would do for like you know it just off the top of my head and maybe it's not the best example but like packer games yes save that traffic yes you know if i could just jump on the rail and make it down there to the packer district like i don't yeah. have to be dropped off right at lambo but as long as i'm within a decent like a block or two of it yeah it would be fabulous and yeah. just save that whole congestion yeah of, exactly of the what, experience what would that do for um it'd make a lot of people go yeah and, and like, accessibility and like make downtown commerce so much better too because like i know i avoid going to green bay on game days because it's like even if i want to like go do something in the morning before an afternoon game because likely my family's gonna watch it on tv but we're not gonna drive to green bay and fight the traffic so we're no like absolutely not it basically i would think that it actually as much as it brings a lot of business in it it might hamper some other businesses Um, in some kind of way and that's just an assumption yeah that i also don't don't have data to back that up but right. just uh you know anecdotally because um f- you know friends that i have in oshkosh even don't like to come to appleton on game days because like you know <laughs> it, the whole state has traffic <laughs> jams on game day <laughs> at least our region of the state yeah <laughs> that's fair um yes and so then our last um task force before i speak about uh a committee is our immigration task force um this i think might be our longest standing task force and uh for reference i don't think i mentioned this yet that esther's been um an established organization for 18 years so we've been around for a minute um and yeah immigration has been a priority for a long time um a kind of evergreen issue for us is driver's licenses for all and yes um in fact minnesota recently passed driver's licenses for all and so although our legislation looks much different than minnesota so it's not likely to pass this cycle Mm -mm. we are still using that as a talking point and um on April 27th, we actually have our biannual Madison Action Day, and we have four big statewide issues we're talking about then, and driver's licenses for all is one of them. So all of our state reps are going to be hearing from us about how we need licenses for all. People should not have to fear driving to work because they might get pulled over just because 
their you know immigration status is not legal that they can't also legally drive like it's just bananas to me that that is even a thing um so yeah that's something that we're working on and well here's my thing um because you know some people are going to say well they're you know they're not legal and why would we well here's the thing they're going to drive anyway Yes. So why? So you know, if they're here and they're going to drive anyway because they're working to support mm-hmm. their families and and whatever else, and they're contributing yes to the community and spending dollars within these communities, um, let's just give them the let's legalize the license and call it a day. Yes. And and insurance. Yes. Because you know, I don't know about if anyone's been in an accident lately. We have. Um, and you, you know, the more people out there with insurance, the better the process works because that's kind of the point of having insurance as a law. But if you're going to make everything illegal, then, you know, once you're breaking one rule, you're just going to break them all. Yeah. But a lot of, a lot of people who are having the, um, status challenges, they actually really want to do the right thing. Yeah. And will do the right thing. Yeah. And like a lot of those folks, because they want to do the right thing, like they break the law to go to work and to get their kids to school. Right. But then they really hit balance like, oh, should I leave the house again? Like there's this community thing going on at my kid's school that I kind of want to go to. But that is that worth risking being on the road again? Or church is really important to me. Do I drive to church? Or right. at, like all these things that... If we want to be a good community, we want people to be involved in whatever they want to be involved in, not fear. Not fear or living in shadow, yeah. but having them engaged and involved. Yes. It just works better. It's so much better. So much. Yes. All right. Okay. So now uh, I want to tell you about our equity committee that we have. Um, this committee started, I think, in 2008. When Esther um, decided it was time to focus on anti-racism and work towards being an anti-racist organization. Um, And, you know, you're in DEI. You know that this is not a, oh, we take this course and now we are. Oh, no, no. (laughs) I call anti-racism the grad level of DEI. Yes. So... You know, I, I'll admit we're not there yet. Like, are we ever going to be? I don't know. But we, we're we trying. And I'm very proud to say that just on Thursday at our board meeting, um, well, I've been working with executive committee and equity committee to see if Esther is ready to take a stance on the LGBTQIA plus community and... It was a unanimous consensus at the board meeting that yes. That makes me happy. Me too. Um, So yes, now our equity committee has been looking at racism and will continue to, but is also looking at um, the LGBTQI community, community and how can we be more inclusive? How can we become um, allies and advocates I, for I, you know, not that I have any say in this, but uh, to look at some of these trans laws, yes. 
<laughs> no. <laughs> yes, <laughs> that, translog. That, that is what my presentation was on. A <laughs> page of, oh. And then, like, people say, oh, well, Wisconsin isn't that bad compared to some. Well, uh, if people. I think if we have one on the books, we're bad. And we do have one bill that's currently in assembly and um, Senate that is an anti-trans bill. It's not as explicit as some of the worst states, if you will, but we need to come out against but any you, level of But it. you already know how it works. It works in the capacity that another state and another community comes up with it and they push through and then the next place was sitting waiting to see how it turned out mm-hmm. and then they steal that verbiage and then they bring it to their state and their community. Yes. And that's exactly how it's done is they wait to see if they're if the legal precedent is set somewhere or if they can win a vote of something and then it it spreads like wildfire. Right. And I am so happy that the board agreed that this is something that we do need to um, ally and advocate for. And, excuse me, since, you know, this is a brand new decision and, um, you know, we're a group of mainly white, um, of a certain age, much, many of them older than my age group, (laughs) um, and mainly heterosis folks. Like we, we're really making a big ask that people of the community, um, can guide us to how do we do this work with you? Because we're not in a position to make the decisions, but, we you are you are offering allyship exactly and so yes i'm sure we will make mistakes along the way but we will be doing our best to do whatever the community um needs and wants i'm with you i make them all the time yes when you the part of doing the work and when you're working with a very wide swath of a lot of different people from a lot of different backgrounds and a lot of different identities, you're going to screw that up Mm -hmm. often actually. And hopefully I'm always like, keep showing up, build trust, gain forgiveness. And I just, I want to give you and um, your former guest Rafa shout out because I actually, um, took a clip of the allyship pod uh, episode that you did on this podcast and i played that to the board as part of like yes this is it's okay for us to make mistakes but we have to try that's right big shout out to rafa yes love it okay last what do you is there anything else you would like to add? Well, I wanted to uh, just let listeners know about some of our events that we have coming up. Yes. Yeah, I'm, yes. How do you get, how do you engage? I think that yes. is fabulous. Let's go. Um, oh, well, the first thing I had on here was Earth Day slash free school. But uh, yeah, that's going to be over by then. But just, just so you guys know, when you do hear it, that 
in addition to us being at two places in downtown Ampleton on Earth Day, we're also going to be at um, UWO for free school teaching how to be an advocate. So that is a training that we can do anytime, anywhere, too. If you or anyone, any group you might be with are interested in how to do the social justice work, we can come and do you know as formal or informal of a training as you want. Awesome. Yes. Okay, that's that's amazing. Yeah. Um, and then um, yesterday I actually um, hosted along with Free, the group that I mentioned before, formerly incarcerated uh, women, and Expo, which is ex-incarcerated people organizing, um, and the ACLU and Winnebago County Public Health Department um, at Fox Valley Tech, we showed the documentary Tutwiler, which is about doulas in prison, mm. and had a panel discussion about um, giving birth in prison and um, postpartum and things. Um, and we are going to be doing that again with our um, sister affiliate Joshua in Green Bay in the fall. So watch for when that date is determined. Okay. Um, and like I mentioned before, Madison Action Day is coming up April 27th. That, well, I said our sister affiliate. I don't think I actually explained how Esther is interconnected with some other groups because Esther is, yes, Fox Valley and including Oshkosh. But Esther is one of 13 affiliates across the state um, that all make up the statewide organization Wisdom. And then Wisdom is actually part of a national organization, Gamaliel. But um, Wisdom, the statewide network, is having a Madison Action Day on the 27th where folks from all across the state will be um, getting together in Madison. We're going to be meeting at the Masonic Center um, and have uh, some coffee and donuts. So there's always food, come and eat. Um, (laughs) But then we also have brief presentations from uh, people across the state for some of the different um, things we're working on, which reminds me of one of my things I wanted to tell you about, but I forgot, so I'll circle back to that. Um, But then after the plenary session, we will do a march down the street. I think it's about six blocks away from the Capitol. And then we will stop on the Capitol steps and have a little rally to get ready for our legislative visit. So talking a little bit about um, our four um, key points for the day. And then we will break off into groups and meet with our local legislators. At 1 o'clock, we're going to meet with our senators. At 2 o'clock, we're going to meet with our assembly people. And when the meetings are done, we're going to go across the street to Grace Episcopal Church and have some snacks and debrief. And then everybody can be on their merry way. Um, and we do have school buses picking up people at locations Ooh. across the state. So there's going to be a bus stopping in Appleton and in Oshkosh. So nice. um, I think it's a $30 registration fee to uh, ride the bus and go and get your coffee and donuts. And I forgot there's lunch included, too. Um before we head to the Capitol. And See, I got invited, but no one told me about the bus. Ah, yes, yes. You can join the bus. Um, if you would be coming from work, you could join us at First Congregational Church in Appleton, and or you can join us from um, the Park and Ride in Oshkosh. Okay. Yes. yes that's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
And before I forget, again, I want to circle back to the one of our speakers that day is a woman named um, Phyllis Towsey. She is the president of the Brothertown Indian Nation. And Brothertown is um, a town kind of like between Calumet County and Fond du Lac County. Um, so it's, you know, right near us here. And growing up here, I didn't even know this, but yes, they are an Indian nation, but they lost their tribal status, um, I think about 180 years ago. What? Um, yeah, their story is that they actually started in, I believe in the Boston area. Don't quote me on that. You'll have to listen to Phyllis's story. Um, but as, um, white people came and took over, they were forced off their land and then they were forced south of where they were. I don't recall where they were, but, um, but then they were relocated for a while. Then they were forced off of that land and moved to Brothertown, Wisconsin. And then they were there and then they were told they were getting forced off again. And they're like, we can't do this. Every time we move, we lose our people. Like people die in this. Um, and so the federal government was like, well, if you want to stay, then you have to give up your federal status and you don't get, um, recognition anymore. And so they decided to take that deal, but that doesn't change who they are. They are still indigenous folks. And wow, that, that, (laughs) whoa, yeah, that's a story. That is a story. And so, um, Esther recently, um, reached out to the Brothertown Nation asking if we can, um, well, because we have been passing around their petition for a couple of years of like, yes, help them get their federally recognized status. Um, but our president, Gary Crevier, shout out to him. Um, he recognized that we, we have the power to do more, but what do we do? We don't know. So, um, him and some other folks in Esther are pretty close with um, the president and vice president of Brothertown. And so we just reached out saying, is there more we can do? And if so, what? Um, and they said, what we'll get back to you on, but yes, you can do more. And when our um, wisdom executive director heard about this, he was like, we should do this statewide. And so he asked Esther to help lead the statewide um, um, effort to support Brothertown. So yes, now the state via Esther is supporting Brothertown. And step one is um, Phyllis is going to tell the story at Madison Action Day. And also at Madison Action Day, we're going to be giving our members and our legislators our two-year um, workbook, and the Brothertown story is in there. So it's going to be in people's faces for the next two years every time we hand out that book, and we are going to try to help them out. That's awesome. Yes. Love that. Yes. Um, so... Yeah, back to the <laughs> upcoming events. I got uh, three more I want to tell you about. The two days after Madison Action Day, April 29th, um, we're co hosting an event at the Unitarian Universalist um, Congregation in Appleton. It's called Rising Together. Um, and basically, um, 
a place and time for folks who do social justice and or are just interested in social justice in the valley and Oshkosh, Green Bay, you know, just this whole general area to come get together. Um, We're going to have a few speakers and we're going to do some breakout groups of, um, we're still working on the specific topics, but ranging from an advocacy 101 to faith and advocacy to um, how do I continue to do advocacy work in a world that's falling apart um, and like finding joy in advocacy are our, our um, placeholders for these discussion groups or breakout groups. So I think it'll be phenomenal. There'll be a uh, free lunch included. Um, I think there's going to be donuts in the morning too, because it's from nine to one. If I uh, check the notes, don't quote me. <laughs> Fair <laughs> but, enough. Yeah. Fair enough. Um, and then the next event is the one I already mentioned about solitary confinement. And then actually the last one I did already mention to the indigenous blanket exercise, but that's what we've got going on in April and May and, um, more will come as time goes on. So y'all busy. (laughs) That's for sure. Y'all are very busy. Yes. Okay. Awesome. All right. Um, I, how, on our on our way wrapping this up, how do people who might want to get involved get involved with Esther? Um, easiest way is probably go to the website esther foxvalleyorg There you can get my contact info. So if you have any questions, I can let you know. But you also can get um, on the mailing list for specific task forces or um, transformational justice does meet. Um, hybrid. So if you want to do in person, you could show up at their meetings. Um, and we will also be at Juneteenth. So, uh, you know, come stop by our booth if you haven't gotten involved yet. Um, and yeah, just kind of keep an eye out because we are. You know, Oshkosh is working on having a Juneteenth. Oh, that would be amazing. Yes. Let's talk about Let's do it. Let's talk about that. Yeah. All right. Well, cool. You know what? For Esther. Because I will tell you, my experience working with Esther is they are no joke. They, <laughs> they are. They go hard and they show up. Yes. And they show up with energy. Mm-hmm. So I give them the utmost respect and credit and they are not the people they really do go for impact yes that is that is 100 true so i do encourage uh my other people out there uh cash listeners if you are interested in being part of an organization that truly is creating impact look into esther they do they are out there making it happen all right well, we're at that time. Time to start winding down. So, Kosh listeners, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for spending time with us. Thank you for giving us your minds. Thank you for listening to this conversation, which was an amazing conversation. Um, 
you know. Uh, if you would like to be part of the cast, if you'd like to be a guest, if you, whatever it is, if you'd like to connect with one of our guests, like Katie here, please reach out to us at askthekosh at gmail.com. Once again, that is askthekosh at gmail.com. All right. And then I, I, you know, I say this all the time, and yet I am still waiting for somebody to take me up on the offer. Y'all could be part of the show. And we have enough listeners. Y'all definitely, people are listening. I promise you that. Um, come be part of the show. Leave us a voicemail. Um, let us play your voicemail on the episode. Ask us a question. Do shout outs, well wishes, um, and or thank yous. Whatever it is, we can make a part of the cash. You can leave a voicemail at the cash, uh, the cash website. Um, so it's uh, thekashpodcast.com Once again that is thekashpodcast.com And then last but never least Please, please, please subscribe to the Kosh uh, Leave us reviews Let us know how we're doing We are a work in progress We are always trying to do better And we also would like others to learn about the Kosh And let me just encourage people Please share episodes with people that you think it might be helpful or useful for i can't stress the amount of good things that i think um that well not even that i think uh some that i think some that i know have occurred because of different guests um and the community connecting with each other or learning about each other and what the what they do or who they're associated with or initiatives or programs um like Community is impactful when we know who our community is, right? (laughs) I can't stress Mm -hmm. that enough. So now on to my favorite part of the show, hands down, hands down. I am on a fat finger day. (laughs) That is what is happening today. It is shout out time. So, Katie. Yay. Uh, first of all, I want to shout out my husband, Derek. He um, He's my rock. He lets me, or, you know, takes care of the kids in the house and stuff so that I am able to do this thing that is my passion. So, thank you. Shout out to him. Um, and shout out to the Dunlap School and staff. Uh, they are phenomenal. And um, Big shout out to Yvette. Ah, uh, yes, yes. Um, yeah, it's just, it's a great place. Uh, my kids both, um, are able to get some, um, special support for their, um, learning. And so they, um, yeah, like their tag program is excellent and I just, yeah, haven't had a bad interaction and that that says a lot. Um, and shout out to uh, Gary Crevier. I know I mentioned him before, but yes, he is our um, president. And if it weren't for him, I wouldn't have this role, I'm pretty sure, because uh, I had seen this job posting. But with Esther being an interfaith organization and me being agnostic, I was a little worried about 
applying. Um, but I saw Gary at Juneteenth last year and he was at the Esther booth and he was like, you know, we're looking for an organizer. I'm like, I do know that. He's like, you, you really should look at the posting again. And here I am. So here you are. Yes. Fantastic. Um, and just the rest of the Esther folks, because like Timber said, these Esther folks come hard and they, they show hard. up. They show up. They're, yes, they're amazing. Um, and another shout out specifically to Jill Smith. She is the member that we lost to suicide. Um, and she, she was fierce and amazing. And it's tragic that we, we had to say goodbye. Um, um but shout out to timber because he's here the, the cash here we are um and william green he uh owns fox valley flicks and works at um, fox valley technical college yes big shout out to william yes um and the gay cousin club podcast uh my nieces started a podcast i think they're about uh 10 12 episodes in and if anybody um cares about gay history and uh just want some funny commentary too check it out <laughs> um and shout out to ann mcfetridge she um is a resident of the kosh as of a few years she's from sheboygan um but she has taken over the local group lead um for mom's demand action for me when i Moved uh, re- into this role? Yes. Okay. So um, shout out to her. And um, shout out to Shannon Watts, the founder of Moms Demand Action. Because if she hadn't started a Facebook group the day after the Sandy Hook shooting and, you know, everything that led me to find Moms Demand Action, like, I don't know if I would have found another group when I was at the point to jump into advocacy. And so just big shout out to her and for all the folks that do that work um and uh preemptive shout out to esther's podcast i think it's going to be called esther talks um and under timber's advisement i have already um purchased equipment and i do have a few guests lined up but i need to actually record but please stay tuned i'll give you um info as soon as i have it but by the time this episode is released i will have helped katie kind of get some stuff set up so that's gonna happen yes sounds great all right okay so my shout outs uh i want to give a shout out to i went to this amazing event yesterday um and god it felt so good but it's so long overdue for oshkosh and it was hosted by a real oshkosh um, it was a gathering of parents with children of color or just really good community members, um, people who want to see better for our youth in this community and, and how um, how our educational uh, system is, is performing on behalf of our children and our children of color in particular. Um, wow. Wow, wow, wow. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, it it filled the soul and y'all know who y'all are because the progress that they're making um they're creating impact so 
Big shout out, big shout out. Big shout out to Fat Mama who made the food for the event because Fat Mama is always handling the business and you are a joy. You are beyond a joy. You are a blessing. Um, Big shout out to the Jordan Refugee and Immigrant Task Force in Appleton. Um, Got to sit in on a meeting with them, the stuff that they're doing. Look, it's so important. Um, You know, we have a wonderful organization called world relief who helps our helps with the bringing in of our immigrants and helping them transition at the very beginning but there's a certain there's only a certain time limit that they can work with our immigrants and or particularly our refugees and then um they're stuck to kind of figure the rest out by themselves so it takes the rest of the community to help make that transition the best transition because they want to be they want to be productive members of our community and we should want them also to be Yes, because they're important to us. They make us richer. They make us better. So um, this organization is on that path to fill that gap. So I'm super happy to see this happening and I'm going to be as helpful as I can be. Um, big shout out to Dasha Kelly, uh, Dasha Kelly Hamilton, uh, who was on the last, well, had recently had my episode with her. Of course, these don't come out exactly in order. Um, but I'm going to be part of an, um, an event tomorrow called uh, Making Cake, and I'm a guest baker. So I'm nervous. Facts. That's it. <laughs> big shout out to Colleen over at the uh, Appleton Public Library. Um, thank you. Thank you for making time for a nice walking meeting, um, for blessing me with some knowledge and uh, just sharing great space with me. I appreciate you so much. Um, big shout out to my man Brent over at Bergstrom for helping us get that car. Uh, if y'all want a great great experience that is super low pressure and is is fundamentally honest he was unbelievably just authentic and honest go find brent brent works uh at the kia dealership but i do believe and well no i know for sure that you can they can sell anything across the bergstrom catalog of vehicles and i promise you you will not regret working with my man brent he is amazing um and last but definitely far from least my man Aaron Scherer uh thank you for being you thank you for the work that you do and thank you for rocking that car shirt the other day when I saw you man it always makes me feel warm and fuzzy when I run into individuals out in this community rocking these car shirts because you know what nothing says local local involvement and community like a kosh t-shirt it just says yes i'm listening i'm paying attention and i'm involved that's what i think it says Mm -hmm. i'm biased but i get to be so that's (laughs) it is what it is all right so now we are at the very end of the show we've got one more thing to do all right you get three choices first you could give us parting words of wisdom or you can tell us what would your self today tell your 12-year-old self? Or option C, all of the above. Let's go. I'm going with C. Um, well, 
first tell my 12 year old self to sit up straight and drink more water because now my uh not 12 year old self still doesn't do those things and i'm paying for it so (laughs) Uh, fair but then my parting real words of wisdom i also would want my 12 year old self to know um but want everybody to know um, just always be your authentic self whatever that may be and it might change because sometimes we you know we're creatures of habit but we're also evolving creatures so just be your authentic self at the time always um and be accepting of other people's authentic self too facts all right katie what you think amazing (laughs) so true (laughs) the cash <laughs>